welcome to Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith, a podcast about the highs and lows of unrequited love. My guest today is the wonderful stand-up podcaster and author of The Breakup Monologues, The Unexpected Joy of Heartbreak. It's Rosie Wilby. Hello. Welcome. (laughs) How lovely to be here. Well, it's amazing to meet you, um, considering you are a self-described accidental relationship guru. This is what has become of your career, which must be weird. apparently so, because I started the Breakup Monologues podcast a few years ago. And yes, I've become a sort of unofficial relationship therapist. And I've even appeared in character as Dr Love doing spoof couple counselling at various pop-up venues. And a lot of couples said that it was more helpful than their real real therapist. Oh my God, you see, comedy can heal. It really can. That's what we've learned. That's my philosophy. (laughs) So do you remember your first ever crush well I'd like to ask that and then I'd like to ask and was it sexual because I'm always just nosy about this <laughs> yeah, oh, sex is interesting isn't it I've, yeah. I've been <laughs> researching sex and been fascinated by it for many years you know I even managed to uh, get my way into a sex party to perform a comedy set uh, purely for research purposes of course wow <laughs> which was a very interesting gig um, <laughs> maybe more on that later no yeah. crushes at the sex party disappointingly <laughs> no. <laughs> none of them turned up that it's all a bit been... real isn't yeah. it I know, it's it's a lot of... It's a bit in your face. Literally. Um, My first big, big crush that maybe we want to talk about in more detail is a woman called Kate that I had a crush on at university, in my first year at university, back in the early 1990s. And I think that sort of set a template for me for unrequited love and crushes. And it's really an energy that I've harnessed and kept with me because (laughs) I have a philosophy that crushes can be really good for you. They can be a real driving force and a real motivation because what's more motivating than trying to do something, achieve something, get somewhere, achieve a goal that will make your crush, even if they don't have a relationship with you, because often that's not what you want anyway, it will make them notice you and know that you exist and see you in the world and that is such a motivating goal so I believe even though I've just got married recently and I have (laughs) you know a normal real life relationship with all the highs and lows of that and my wife is wonderful I still think it's perfectly healthy to have crushes alongside that yeah I mean well I obviously agree I'm obsessed with them but um, (laughs) how does she like will she listen to this how will she feel when she hears that this is your philosophy well I mean on our very first date I had to tell her what I was working on at the time which was my first book which was called Is Monogamy Dead Um, (laughs) I mean that's a conversation starter isn't it yeah it brings up an interesting conversation on your your (laughs) very first date and I'd done this whole survey asking what counts as cheating and people had had very interesting responses to that um, you know sex counts but somebody had just uh, put in the comments in a car uh, <laughs> I don't know yeah that's really interesting because I think in the bible maybe not the bible but in uh, in religion there's definitely a whole no 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 if you even think about it then that's cheating. And well, I actually think yeah. that some people do believe that. You some know, people some do couples believe that there were a, a small... would be appalled to, yeah to about seven percent of my survey respondents said that even thinking about somebody else counts as cheating but my wife and I have had to have you know healthy discussions about the fact that that's okay and you know I mean we have a sexually exclusive relationship even though I 
you know, in, in my younger years have gone off and, you know, done research at sex parties and participated in sex lab experiments and done all kinds of weird and wonderful things for, you know, to sort of get gather material really and have funny, <laughs> funny stories to talk about in books and things. Um, you know, I do think that your fantasy world is is yours, and it's, oh yeah, you know, you can I think retain something of you that is really true and really intimate and really personal in your own fantasy world. And you know, the the woman that I sort of have had, I mean, it's it seems silly to call it a crush now because we sort of know each other and. You this know, like each other as friends. One. Oh no, no, no. Oh no. Well, we are Facebook friends. I'm actually oh. Facebook friends with most of my old crushes. So oh, that's nice. It's all quite healthy, really. Um, but yeah, the woman I've sort of had a crush on in more recent years. You know, we do know each other, and she's actually quite nice. And that, in a way, that's a bit disappointing because you sort of want them to be horrible and aloof and very distant, or um, stay perfect and amazing and just not know them enough to know whether they're yeah. uh, nice or not. You can just sort of make up some wonderful personality for them. Yes. Quite nice is awful, actually, isn't it? Well, no, that sounds really damning with <laughs> really her phrase. Um, no, she, you know, she's, she's OK. She's, I think it's sort of been a safer person to still have a crush on because yeah. she's not really a threat to my marriage or anything like that. I'm not actually going to go off and have an affair with her. Um Whereas I think when I had crushes at school, when Mm. I was a teenager in the 1980s, um, you know, having crushes on uh, friends who or or peers who were, I assume, heterosexual and being gay was was not talked about in the 1980s. It was a terrible old time. I know you've you've spoken to Chris Neal Mm. about sort of coming out and growing up gay. And, you know, at that time it was, yeah, it was very much surrounded by secrecy and shame. So there might be the odd friend you would confide in. But So the the friends that you confided in, that I'm presuming, or maybe I'm wrong too, that they weren't the ones you had crushes on. No, no. So, but were you talking about other crushes to them? Yeah, yes. And then, you know, there was one, yeah, there was one, yeah, exactly. There was one friend who I felt able to talk to that openly it was still it was tricky though because she was sort of saying oh well I once had a crush on a teacher but I sort of knew it was different for her I I knew that she was essentially heterosexual Um, but you know sexuality is fluid it's confusing times when we're all teenagers but yes I used to at school kind of strategically change crush every sort of six months or oh, so. Oh, wow. Quite consciously. Yeah, I was going to say, well, of... it was a sort of date in your diary on the first <laughs> of every month. <laughs> it was like me writing my Desert Island men down at the beginning of every month. But you it were like, like, change crush. Yeah. One down in the register, please. <laughs> was it like that? A little bit. Um, I know, and but why it... was that? Out of just safety? A or... Safety. I yeah. think a personal survival tactic because if I'd let it go too far with any one person and really kind of following them around like a you know a lost soul um and sort of knowing their timetable which I, I i you know i did on occasion and you sort of pop up don't you um, yeah. <laughs> like when i did have this crush on kate at university i did get to know her movements a bit and i was a peer a contemporary of the comedian Zoe Lyons at university. We both went to York University. And it turns out that lots of other people, including Zoe, had a crush on this same woman. She was one of those women that everybody liked. She'd she'd had a year out (laughs) travelling. She had this kind of poise that the rest of us, when we were 19, we were like, you know, we didn't have that. So she was quite compelling. And so, yeah. I I was just remembering there was a girl at my university who was known as 
dream babe. And I was just sort of, <laughs> dream babe. that's just insane, isn't it? I was just thinking of the number of people who were sort of going, oh, you know, Debbie, oh, dream babe. Yeah, yeah, dream babe. And and the pressure of that <laughs> must have oh been really, God. like, I wonder how, how aware of it feel? she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah so bizarre, because I would assume it would be lovely, but maybe it wouldn't be. Maybe it would be a bit much. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I even know what it's like. But then, <laughs> no, you see, maybe people had crushes on me and I was completely unaware. Oh, I'm Who sure knows? they did. I'm sure yeah. they did. I think that, that there are, I think you're right that there tends to be a person that you know that somebody that you know a group of people will be following around <laughs> the, the their patch of the library and whatever but i think i think there's that crushes i think loads of them just won't come to light yeah and actually sometimes it comes to light much later because there was too a late boy, to do anything about there it. was a boy who had a crush on me even though i think i'd started to be latterly at university sort of more open about being gay and he had had a crush on me and uh, it turned out that after I'd left university he had a poster of when I'd stood for president of the student union by dressing up as Kylie Minogue (laughs) and and my slogan would be you should be so lucky. I mean, it's very good. If we can get this for the for the Instagram account, I would love <laughs> that. Do you still have one? I wish I must must have a look. But oh, yeah, wow. so, so he's Kylie. Still, I mean, we'd have to get in touch with with Richard. He's probably <laughs> yeah. the most likely person oh, God, to still imagine. have it. I mean, it. if he's still got that up, that's upsetting. <laughs> <That'd be amazing. laughs> I hope he's moved on. <laughs> <laughs> we are friends on Facebook, so oh, there you go. I, I so when ask. did you find out about that that he had a crush on you? Um, I didn't really, I wasn't fully aware when we were still at university together. And then I was, I think, a year above and so had left when my friend who was still at uni said, oh, I'm, I think she was then sharing a house with Richard. And she was like, he's got your poster (laughs) still on the wall. (laughs) So did she say anything to him? I don't think so. Oh, I, yeah. I think I would have to ask. Yeah. But what was, was interesting... <laughs> how did you... Can I ask you how you felt about finding that out? Because obviously, oh. for various reasons, you weren't really interested. But was yeah. it... Well, I, I no, nice. I, think it's, I think it's validating. I think particularly yeah. if you're thinking or you're set in the role of thinking you're always the one who fancies people yes. and nobody fancies you. So I think it can be validating. It doesn't matter what sex they are and if they're not you know the the you know the gender or sex that yeah. you typically feel romantically attracted yeah, yeah. to or have relationships with i mean sexuality is really fluid and complicated mm-hmm. i actually you know a lot of my early crushes were on men although interestingly men that then later turned out to be gay. Oh, Probably wow. my first big one. Oh, God, I love things like... Yeah, it was like, like so you think, George Michael, I think, was my first big celeb crush. Amazing. I mean, he's just... Oh. Yeah, no, 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 I mean, yeah, totally with you. Well, I say with you. Weirdly, he was too masculine for me <laughs> <laughs> when I was younger. I mean, very active and so much hair and tan and teeth. It, it was. Just, it was a lot, wasn't it? A bit animal, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and he was really reinforcing his heterosexuality for many years, wasn't yeah. he? When, you know, that I want your sex video kind of cavorting around with his girlfriend and writing in uh, lipstick on her back and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I used to joke that later on I thought, you know, I bet there was one take they took out where he wrote, I, I love cock. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, I did love George. There was something about him and just his music and his voice. So, yeah, yeah. I, I really adore yeah, George. Yeah, talent. And I think, than... yeah, the only man for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I was going to say, 
like, I think there are times when, I mean, it's it's nice to find out about a crush ages later. Someone who's, you know, nice and normal, <laughs> whatever. I suppose it might be different if you're like, oh, my God, that guy. You know, oh, yeah, so that's think true. Of him as a, a scary troll or whatever. Oh, having, well, having a picture on your wall, that's not so... I think it was OK. I think, oh, oh, yes, that was quite Yeah, validating. no, listen, I don't mean to be slagging yes. this no, poor no. man off. Poor, poor man. He has excellent taste. <laughs> yes, um, yes, I think he's married now and very happy. Yeah. He's living in Australia, so... I mean, oh. maybe I had to get far away from me <laughs> to <isn't> recover. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and what we're saying about when you learn someone's movements is um, that's sort of how I got to know Zoe a tiny bit at university. Because <laughs> both we tracking were both, yeah, we were both bumping into our dream babe, and I'd be like, "Oh, Zoe, what are you doing?" Kind of hiding behind this bin. <laughs> um, and we <laughs> we were often trying to track her movements, and we both became involved briefly with a feminist newspaper that Kate and some feminist, called feminist friends, kind of set up at university. And I remember sort of when I first used to see them all hanging out together, you know, like, and Kate would have, um, she had Dr Martins that she had painted a little Tipex flower on the side of. (gasps) Oh, God, I remember those. Yeah, they were very, they were always the coolest girls who did that. Mine were tartan, so you couldn't draw on them at (laughs) all. (laughs) Oh, well, that was quite cool. And she would have her hair in a sort of side ponytail at the side, which was a classic a thing then, yeah. wasn't it? And, yeah, she would, yeah, so and I would... did you know her? Like, well, not at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, I, I got to know her um, eventually. Popping but, uh, up from out from bins. <laughs> no, but at first I just used to, yeah, see her in the distance, you know, kind of ordering a vegetarian sausage or something in the canteen. I mean, you're really painting a very clear picture of this Good, one. good. And But then myself and Zoe and possibly several other people who were unrequitedly in love with Kate, this is how political movements often get started, isn't it? We all became it's interested in, yeah. in feminism and we got involved with this paper that Kate had set up called Matrix and I think that means womb. And what is it? I, well, I think it can mean a sort of enclosure. It's not nothing to do with the film The Matrix. But anyway, she had started up this feminist newspaper and one night... Um, she roped us in and we were excited to be, Kate wanted some help, some volunteers with with a project and she wanted us all to do a sort of late night stunt where we were going to do some feminist graffiti (gasps) in the middle of the night with green and purple paint, you know, the sort of suffragette colours and we were going to do Sisterhood is Powerful on one of the university walls so that we could play innocent about it but just happen to take a photograph of it the next right. morning and go, oh, look at this powerful feminist graffiti. <laughs> we must take a photo for our feminist newspaper. And so we were kind of creeping around in the middle of the night and Zoe wasn't painting. I don't want to implicate no, her in actually Zoe graffiti. would not commit a crime. She would not commit sort. a crime. She, she was just keeping guard on her bike. <laughs> so she was cycling up and down going, there's someone coming. Oh, my God. And so we were kind of painting. The sisterhood is powerful. And it was all very exciting. Although when... And we didn't get caught or anything... Um, Although when we did come to take a photo of the slogan the next morning, Sisterhood is Powerful is actually a very long Yeah, I was going to say, you need a panoramic Yeah, uh, to try and... Yeah, that's it. We didn't have those in the (laughs) 1990s. And so, yes, the photo that did end up on the the front of of Matrix... 
the perspective didn't really work so well because rather than it be this bold statement, sisterhood is powerful, it sort of felt a bit like sisterhood is <laughs> and it kind of faded away with Sister the... Sister <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Did it impress her? Did it I think win she her was, heart? I think she was excited that we all got involved with the yeah. with the stunt and so I got more involved with the with the newspaper with helping out putting it together and started contributing little cartoons and articles and eventually when um Kate and her friend Vic who were the student union women's officers they stood down as women's officers I thought I'm going to stand as her successor I'm going to be on the student union and I'm going to be the women's officer. But what was interesting was I think I'd slightly moved on from always trying to please Kate and impress her to starting to have my own ideas and my own sense (gasps) of feminism. My God! (laughs) And I sort of had a bit of a campaign around involving men in feminism because I thought everybody needed to be involved. It was the Emma Watson... Uh, him for her, isn't it? Yes, yeah. exactly. And so, but the Kate and her friends were more separatist than that at that time. Anyway, I mean, it's it's really interesting how many of them ended up marrying men. <laughs> you know, that there was this trend back then of political lesbianism, yeah, yeah. where you were sort of you went out with women for a while because that was you should you should, should. I know it was so confusing to to those of us who were really gay and thinking, <laughs> yeah, what's, yeah. what's on but I really fancy yeah, what, what's going on <laughs> so did you actually fall out with her no not at all just... I think she, so, but I is think that she, how the crush ended I, to was some extent yeah I think she respected, she respected me and but also she did do something that hurt me actually because um I was standing on my own against um, Vonnie and Jude, who were two uh, quite uh, scary-looking um, but lovely women who were involved with the Labour Students Group and were quite right on, um, but they weren't involved with the kind of women's group and the feminism and the Matrix lot. Um, and funnily enough, a lot of people probably assumed them to be gay, whereas I was actually the one, <laughs> the one that was gay because people have all these stereotypes about what yeah. lesbians look like and Jude had very short hair and this kind of thing that was sort of bleached blonde. And everybody assumed that those two would win the election, right? And even Kate, because <gasps> I I went to the women's group to ask for their backing in this election and they were like, oh, well, we're going to think about it. And, um, you know, I had to sort of go away oh, and, God, and sort of come back to find out you. whether I was going to have, have this sort of official backing from, I don't know, there's only about five or six women. <laughs> in the room. You know, it's, not like, yeah. it's not some how po- how heaving powerful, political conference. <laughs> you know. um, but they decided that they were not going to um, back back me. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, OK. Um but you know what? I kind of campaigned and spoke to a lot of people about my take on feminism and went around knocking on doors and talking to students and I won the election. Right. And it, that was kind of a moment. I mean, it's really nothing, isn't it? Silly student politics and stuff. No. I but... mean, if anything, about, if I've learned anything on this podcast is these things, these absolutely tiny things can change everything, you know, <laughs> the, 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 what people end up doing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think I 
got some real sense of my own strength, but also the strength that I had got from the crush, I think, yeah. and how that had driven me to be interested in the world and feminism and equality and what, what that meant. Um, you know, we'd also, as part of this whole journey once... Um, done a little stunt outside York Minster on Valentine's Day where we staged a same-sex wedding and Kate had been marrying her then girlfriend. Oh, and of wow. course, there was myself and Zoe and all these people who were in love <laughs> <Pining>. with Kate. <laughs> Just crying. And we were all sort of, you know, I don't know, handing out flowers or waving banners or shouting yeah. through megaphones or taking photos of it for the university paper and thinking, oh, God. <laughs> it should have been me. Yeah, it should have been me. <laughs> so it was a weird energy. But yeah, it was so interesting how I feel this crush kind of drove me to find my feet yeah. and find myself and find my voice a yeah. bit. And, and I then, think that's great. No, absolutely. And then that you, the crush is transcended because, you know, we often talk about this, about how the crush is actually always about the person having the crush. You know, often the person oh, yeah. who's crushed upon has no idea it's happening. <laughs> so it, it is about finding your identity and it what, what comes from a spark, which is, you know, sexual or sometimes not even sexual. Yeah. Um, you, yeah, you discover more stuff about yourself because of, you know, it turns out she was... Not, not not the person you thought she was, but you hmm. didn't have exactly the same points of view of her. You weren't going to be subsumed by her and just be like, oh, I'll just think everything that Kate thinks. Yeah. Mainly because that's not how you win anyone. <laughs> like that, <laughs> no. that, we do, that is not how it works. <laughs> so I think to some extent she had some respect for that. Yeah. And, you but know. you never, do you think she knew? that you had a crush on her and Zoe and these other bridesmaids from her I think wedding. she I think she kind of did I think I think definitely she knew I did mm -hmm. I think we even ended up I think once um did have some kind of conversation about it or yeah, Can you remember how it went I ooh I'm trying to think I, it was some probably some kind of you know after a few drinks and we were all hanging out together after some kind of demo or march. Yeah, um, you're all some fired up. Kind as of it reclaim is. Yeah. the night or something. <laughs> yeah. um, and I probably said, "Oh, you know, I've always liked you," or something like that. And she yeah. was like, "Oh, Rosie," you know. It was just, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, it was probably something like that. But she was, you know, she was not a horrible person. No, I mean, no, because actually, that is the sort of thing that you, if you are a horrible person, or not even a horrible person, but just, you know maybe not ethically as uh, <laughs> as responsible as you might be, it would feel like quite easy to use that, wouldn't it? To sort of think, well, you know, the, the people who have crushes on me, I can use them <laughs> for whatever. Oh, what, to do to do my bidding? Yeah, you yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Some people do that, don't they? Yeah, definitely. Sort of especially if they are. Exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, especially if you, I, are, you I do have a cause, then yeah, I, that makes sense. It's true. It? But also if you're a comedian and you need audience. Well, same thing. I mean, <laughs> or, as, or, or as a sound comedian, engineer. If not a cult leader. Uh, yeah, French. <laughs> <laughs> there's all, yeah, there's always stuff that you can get people to do for you. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Because you don't want to be that person, but then it's, sometimes it's tempting, isn't it? Of when... course. I know, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think if you do start a movement, I know, um, do you know Sunday Assembly? I love Sunday time. Assembly. Um, and there's a sort of, so I know that, um, that the people who started it, that one of them was 
single at the beginning of that. But it, that must have been really weird because, you know, but then you are sort of not a cult, but it, you're the leader of something. <laughs> there is like there are grey areas there. If somebody finds you attractive, you're sort of thinking, oh, well, are you attracted to me because of because of the this. power? Because oh. of you know, yeah. and, uh, well, it is attractive, isn't it? Well, that's, that's not, exactly that's you know. that's the trouble, and I'm assuming that's how that's how all the trouble starts in cults. Uh. <laughs> Indeed it is, isn't it? I mean, some of those charismatic leaders, they yeah. can be quite sexy, can't they? Absolutely, and then That's... end up sort of using it because it's just easy. So I want to go back to... Your school, because I, I, you know, I can see that Kate was incredibly influential, and you say that was, well, I'm interested in the fact that you said that was your first crush, yeah, because presumably all these, all these monthly ones in in school, were they? Did you allow yourself to indulge fantasies about them? I mean, I know you were you were kind of cutting them off. It was or... really interesting. I think it was more. Um, it, I mean, and I don't know if it was sexual at that stage. It mm. was more um, really interested in those people. And, you know, it sounds really sad, but actually really wanting to talk to them and be yeah. friends with them yeah, in yeah. some places, just as much as it was to sort of maybe, I don't know, be close to them or even think about kissing somebody or something like that. But, um, yeah. It, yeah, because I hate the phrase girl crush because it's just useless and reductive and whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I do think there's something interesting in the crushes, I've referred to them as waste-up crushes, where you just, especially when you're a teenager, it's not all about, you know, hormones, or rather it is about hormones, but it's not mm. just about sex. You can really get obsessed with someone who you think, that's. I think that's who I'd like to be, or that's that's the group I want to mm. be in and I can't, and I, I can't be accepted yeah. by them. And I feel like that is just as as powerful particularly you know you know your young teens whereas you say it's not necessarily yeah. sexual it's not sort of oh, just it's... want to have my way with you <laughs> you don't even i mean i also think when you're gay particularly then there are so few narratives about doing that or what you would even do yeah. with another girl and you assume that all other girls are straight you think that you're the only one who has these feelings the only lesbian it breaks I, my heart i know because it can't be true well, of course it's not true <laughs> and i should have known and you know well no you shouldn't have known because as you say you it just was, think they, absolutely I, everyone I, was doing their damnedest to make sure <laughs> i thought you it didn't was, know i thought it was only martina navratilova <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and and God I thought, bless well, she's Martina Navratilova amazing, as well. Because... But I'm not that good at tennis. So maybe I'm, I <laughs> How do I move it. in those circles? <laughs> I don't know. But then one time, and this this is a bit a bit sad, but I did um, once. My parents had gone out for the evening, and I was feeling so lost and confused and lonely about about gayness, queerness, that I rang the Samaritans. So how old were you? This was like mid-teens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think my sort of real, oh, real anxiety and sadness and confusion about about being gay probably peaked when I was about seventeen. Mm-hmm. So I think it was it was then. And <laughs> the chap I spoke to actually tried to reassure me by telling me that 
uh, Pat on EastEnders <laughs> was also gay in real life. <laughs> So those are your choices. You've got Martina Navratilova or Pam St. Clement. Clement. Bye. <laughs> Have a good life. I thought, well, I'm not. How am I? I'm not going to meet Pam St. Clements and her friends either. You know what? <laughs> so, oh no, that's not what a 17-year-old. Uh, I mean, she was quite an intimidating figure oh, as know. well, yes, Pam St. Yes. Clement. Yes, perhaps <laughs> even even more intimidating than Martina. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. So, so I did feel <clears throat> quite yeah, felt oh, quite God. scared it's about weird, isn't it? about women or even thinking about how you would approach a. Uh, you know, a gay woman, or how you would know they were gay, or yeah. any <laughs> any of these kind of things. <clears throat> I mean, that poor. I do feel a bit sorry for the man and uh, the Samaritans. I suppose there are there are worse things he could have said because I don't oh, know well, how well trained mm, they are. Know, you know, I don't, I don't think they would have been back then. No, no, no quite. I mean, he he could have been like, well. <clears throat> Lesbians well, don't exist. Come yeah, on, what's yeah, exactly. wrong? <laughs> Hang you, up on you. Didn't you know <clears throat> Queen Victoria said? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So that's a whole uh, Yeah, apparently layer, Queen Victoria, um, I, I heard a dating expert friend of mine say that it was really the men around her that perpetuated this myth that lesbians don't exist. And oh, really? apparently, you know, more privately, Queen Victoria hadn't sort of quite as directly said that lesbians didn't exist. I know it is attributed to her, but I certainly heard doubt cast on whether it was actually her who said that or, or, you know, people surrounding her. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, monarchs are basically sort of vessels, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. Talk about crushes. We, we, attribute so much nonsense to to them. Whereas you're right, I'm sure that there'll have been all sorts of hovering... Yeah. Hovering ministers and and <laughs> hangers on, yeah. saying no, no, no. This is this is what you believe. Yeah. This is the easiest thing to believe. I think it's interesting we're talking about non-sexual crushes mm. because I think there was one of my early ones at school where maybe it did feel a bit more physical and that was quite scary um, and a bit more. Thrilling. Where what it was was um, I think. That year that I was 17 in the lower sixth form at school, we put on an entertainments evening at school and we had a French theme one year. And so myself and some of my friends were putting on an Aloha Low sketch um, with, oh, rather awkwardly, um, the biology teacher who turned <laughs> out in later years to have been fooling around and being not perhaps very ethical, oh, um, shall God. we say. Um, and he was playing René. Oh, God. Oh, crikey. <laughs> I know. Oh, heck. We sort of, we'd hit on something yeah, on yeah, a nerve yeah. without knowing. <laughs> was this uh, all his idea? <laughs> <laughs> and no, so we, these girls. we were, yeah, I know. <clears throat> so we were doing this Hello, Hello sketch and we were doing the rehearsals one day and this girl a year younger and it felt a bit pervy she was a year younger I mean it's really nothing isn't no, it but when you're 17 days, and 16 oh. or well you know George Harrison is the year the the school year below Paul McCartney oh. and apparently they just never lost that relationship they just never oh, lost that, that sort of slightly power junior oh. yeah. and so anyway this girl came on and she started singing chanson d'amour well and in a sort of little French maid's outfit. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> With a little sort of, you know, frilly apron and a little black skirt. And I was like, oh my God. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> 
And I thought, oh, no. that I think that was the real moment. I thought, gosh, you know, my crushes on girls are definitely different to yeah. my friend's crushes on, on a teacher because she was impressed by her yeah. brain and all that kind of thing. It definitely engaged something yes. more physical and animal. <laughs> and was it was you, was your reaction of, oh, God, about the... The queerness, yeah, rather than I, I think oh no, so. I'm sexual, which is which can be <laughs> well, frightening, that's frightening as well. too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, I'd been trying to be sexual. With, with, <laughs> I mean, haven't we all? <laughs> <laughs> with with boys and just not. I mean, I, yeah, I was going to ever... say not working, but that's not true. Actually, there were some boys I got off with, and it and it was fun. It did, and there was yeah. one boy, Mark, who I kept going back to because um, we really got on, and we did have a. A chemistry, yeah, you know, so but it wasn't I, the same. It or... it wasn't the same emotional intensity. Yeah. I think sexually, for me anyway, and I certainly am not speaking for all queer women. I know, no. I know, gold star lesbians who are like, oh my god, I would never Couldn't, sleep with a man. Yeah. I could not. Go <laughs> yeah, there. but for me and certainly my wife as well, we've had boyfriends, you know, and that was quite fun and of its time and part of our journey and development. Yeah. Um, but you definitely but, didn't have. A crush? Did you have a crush on any boy, or was it like only George? Uh, it's, it's only really... George Michael. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> which is a different sort of colour and texture, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so when was the George Michael crush? Like, how long did it? That was probably earlier teens. Really, okay. When they were. And did you imagine wham. kissing him? Not really. No, I don't think so, because that seems so unlikely, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, another thing I've talked about in one of my shows is couples who have a, like a celebrity fantasy shag list. Yeah. You know, if people, if you if you met them and they were up for it, you You're could. You're allowed. Yeah. And, but it just seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Because when yeah. are you going to meet these people? But having well, said that... Well, you say that. that. <laughs> I know. Well, I know... Um, I've heard a story about a gay guy who... Uh, a very um, famous film star who is often rumoured to be gay mm-hmm. happened to be in this club where this guy was and the bodyguards with this famous film star said to him, oh, you know, he would like you to come home with him. And this guy was like, oh, no, I'm in a relationship. I can't. But later on, he told his boyfriend about this <laughs> and his boyfriend was like, oh, God, for him it would have been fine. He was like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's too late. But it's funny, isn't it? Because he sort of says, oh, for him it would have been fine. But I wonder whether it would have been... It's about hubris, isn't it? Where you sort of think it would be all right. Oh, come on, that would be, you know, that would be an amazing story. And then the actual reality is not... I know, and I think you can have those conversations with, with your partner where you think, yes, that would be fine, but... Mm. But, but would it? I mean, it might be, but you just don't know. Yeah, yeah, I you think know. so. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, boys-wise, it was, yeah, it was just really George. George. And then, you know, I was just kind of fooling around with boys because that was what everyone yeah. that was what everyone was doing. Well, it's interesting that you call it fun. <laughs> that just seems very... <laughs> And actually, I sort of feel quite jealous because I feel like that's definitely what I missed out on was the sort of fun element of it. I think I took it all very, very seriously from early on. Like I was almost looking for marriage oh. from the age of, uh, of 14. You know, it was wow. like people, it's not marriage, but like if you were a, going to get a boyfriend, it would be because you were, you know, you were very meant to be and whatever. And, and, mm. and if I did choose to fancy someone... 
I would then really commit everything to that thought, you know, not do anything about it, but be like, yes, I think, oh, look at all of these signs that are about us being together sort of thing. And I did feel a real... And my friends tended to be sort of similar. I had a friend who was always, always going out with someone, but it would be for like a year or two. It was, it was huge. I never was one of those girls who was just like, yeah, we just go to the park on Saturday and snog whoever's there. Oh, you know, God, it just, yeah. it just never felt like something I could do. Even if I occasionally would be approximately chatted up, <laughs> I would be moving away as he was, you know, oh, as he was talking. Yeah, yeah, I just couldn't understand the fun element of it. Oh, yeah. So it's I, interesting. Like... I think I was quite um, attractive to boys in that mm. way because I was a bit offhand and, and yeah, non-committal relaxed. about it all. Um, so I didn't got... have me lunging at them and asking <laughs> questions about their priorities. <laughs> asking if you could meet their parents <laughs> on the first date. Yeah. yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, one thing that I did want to maybe talk about as well is I talked about doing kind of weird and extraordinary things to try and get the attention of your crush Mm. and one thing I've I've just remembered is um, that I did to perhaps one of the bizarre and sillier things I did to try and get Kate's attention maybe when I was getting a bit frustrated that it wasn't really all working out or going anywhere at all and um, you know even when I'd sort of become woman's officer you know I'd probably slightly annoyed her by you know my ideas being slightly different Um, so I decided to go for it and every year in the summer term at the end of the year Derwent College which was sort of slightly the, the kind of wanky college where all the people who'd been rejected by Oxbridge went they would have this Derwent barbecue which was sort of had this air of exclusivity mm. that it, the tickets were really expensive it was probably one of the most expensive events you could have on campus and they would have bands playing god knows who yeah. it was back then I, I remember one one time we all went to see Delamitri <laughs> Oh, that's not that bad. I quite no, like they, they, they were quite nice, weren't they? <laughs> um, Doctor and the Medics, which is, oh, I mean, yes. they only had the one song, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they would have a band playing and food and stuff. And so what would happen is every year somebody would sort of go down in university folklore because they gate-crashed Derwent Barbecue. Oh, brilliant, yeah. yeah. And so I decided, I cooked up a plan with... Um, my my lab partner Martin, who we, we used to do boring kind of lab work together, and and really hate it, and we hated it. We were doing an engineering degree, and we really hated it, and so he cooked up this plan with me. He was like, every year someone gate crashes, and you know you should do it, Rosie, and he was kind of really egging me on. Yeah, yeah. And he cooked up this sort of plan that he had these waders, and that he was convinced there was a sort of ledge around the edge of the lake and I could sort of wade around the edge of the lake, (laughs) this sort of goose shit infested (laughs) lake. And somehow I would be able to discreetly, even though I was sort of covered in, you know, goose yeah, yeah. shit and, and dirty lake water. Oh, my God. Somehow and discreetly just climb up Did you have to, like, wear bank. a ball gown? Or... <laughs> well, no, I wasn't wearing a ball gown. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I was just wearing, obviously, kind of scruffy stuff that I didn't mind getting all soaked and or- horrible. <laughs> and and I had of the Black Lagoon. I know, it's, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? And so Martin... But I saw, oh, brilliant, you know, because I will get a bit of attention and Kate will, will notice this stunt because I think she was... You know, going to be at the barbecue and stuff Um, because she was at all the sort of cool things, you know. Because everyone was in love with her. I know, that's the thing. Everyone, someone probably bought her a ticket or invited her there, you know, popped on the guest 
guest list yeah. if we had such things then. And so I decided that, yeah, Martin was going to help me gate crash. And so he kind of lowered me into the lake, um, <laughs> you know, at this point where we thought there was a, a sort of ledge. And I was wearing his gigantic... When you say at this point we thought there was a ledge, did he not know? So he's just persuaded you to do that. It was a bit of a shady plan, wasn't it? head there's a ledge. I know. Anyway, there was a ledge for about you know, two centimetres. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, no, there's no more lead. And I start, the waders were massive and too big for me because they, you know, belonged to this huge hoofing lad. And they started filling up with water. I thought, I'm I'm just going to drown. Oh, my God, I'm the just embarrassment of dying sink, like that for your down crush. into the gloom. <laughs> and I haven't even kissed a girl. I haven't even <laughs> this, authentically this been you myself. This is your world. thoughts as your boots were I, filling up. It can't end here. Flashing before your eyes. This is horrendous. <laughs> so uh, what I did was I, I had a moment where I thought, I'm going to have to kick these waders yeah. off, you know. Sorry, Martin. And so, oh, well, it's all Martin's fault, frankly. Oh, well, I know. <laughs> Him and his ledge. <laughs> I know, exactly. And so I sort of kicked these waders off and they kind of fell to the, the bottom of the oh lake God, along with all drama. kind of detritus and yeah. dead bodies. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the other people who tried to get <laughs> yeah. crashed as well, Vicky. And so, yeah, I, I then thought, well, I'm just going to have to start swimming, which isn't as discreet as sort of not really tiptoeing no. around a ledge around the side of the lake. No, probably so none course, of the other guests arrive <laughs> like that. <laughs> I was kind of doing as discreet as possible breaststroke. <laughs> the subtlest of the strokes. The sure. Well, you're not going to do front crawl, are you? Oh, <laughs> or butterfly, yeah. Butterfly. <laughs> or even, you know, front crawl, um, um, backstroke. That, you couldn't see where you were going. No, you wouldn't ridic- see when ridic- you arrived ridiculous. at the at the bank. <laughs> so, and anyway, so of course what happened is is people all started flooding out of the building to see to me watch. approaching. Oh my but god. But I thought, well this in a way is quite well, exciting. Amazing. Yeah. You know, I have got people's attention. And so of course when I sort of ran up the bank and kind of ran around for a little moment going, Hey, I got in, I got in <laughs> I was eventually sort of escorted Thrown out. Away. How mean! I know, so how mean. mean! You should have told that story and said, "And I'm and I'm here to live my authentic self now. Yes. <laughs> I'd like to kiss a girl as a reward for going through that." I know. I should and have Kate just, should have been your prize. I should have marched up to Kate, shouldn't I? I mean, that is stinking that's with the dirty lake water. End. Yeah, and said, "Look what I take did me. for you." <laughs> <laughs> Whereas probably in reality she didn't ever know you were there. Or... Oh, no. <laughs> I like to think she was one of the people well, watching. Yeah, and presumably. Sort of going, oh, my God, what, what's, this is... what's she doing? Were you a legend after that? I mean, I think that's <laughs> brilliant. I think it was just a bit of a joke that, I don't know, some people, I don't think, you know, as many people kind of knew about it. I yeah. mean, Martin you really put it on your built posters. up. Oh, yes, I should. I might have won the election then. Although yeah. then I would have had to have stayed on at York University for another year doing a kind of boring job, you yeah. know, yeah. actually yeah. running the student union. Who wants that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, again, of course, was just standing for election for more attention. As, <laughs> as we well, do. I mean, yeah, exactly. Hence becoming like a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I know. Uh, you've, you've lost all of your principles and I your know. activism oh, and just God. gone for the attention. Well, I mean, I like to think that in my, <laughs> in my shows and books, there's a sense of, 
you know, being out and proud as as a queer woman yeah. and also helping other people to process breakups and relationships yeah. and how confusing and complicated it is and, and helping them to sort of own their narrative about all that weird yeah. journey. So yeah. I hope that there's some principle <laughs> or oh, some, you, you tell some sense of <laughs> <laughs> Some sense of of good. Well, no, you're absolutely yeah, I right. Know. I am. I'm teasing. I think it is. It's definitely. You're definitely on the side of good, and you're definitely helping oh, people. Let's hope. <laughs> um, right. I think it's time to do the maths, do the science. Oh, yeah. Did you have this? Do you remember this? Uh, L O V S. Uh, so it's Rosie Wilby. Yes. Loves Kate. You do, do you want to say her surname? Or? Oh, yeah, it's fine. She, she, we're friends on She'll Facebook, know. and she. I mean, she to knows be honest, it. it's been very flattering. Oh, I yeah, would love to. I, have, I've not been. I've sent her this, po- this live. podcast. Yeah, well, I sent her directly. You're looking yeah. her up now. Uh, <laughs> so her surname is Allport. A L L, and then P O R T. This is good. Oh, couple L's. Is that good? Yeah, yeah. It should oh wow. Be. Okay, brilliant. Oh no! Hang on. No oh. V's, no V's. Oh, oh. Two E's. Um, I don't remember doing this. S. I think it must have been. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it doesn't seem to have travelled everywhere, which is weird because it really is <laughs> so accurate. <laughs> uh, oh, it's very good. <gasps> is it it's good? Eighty-eight percent. Oh wow! Yeah, that's so that's maybe really good. Well, later on, do it for your wife as well, and just just to check things out. And do you, do you <laughs> know if Kate's check. if Kate's with someone? I well, I, I the last I knew, she was happily married to a man. So um, okay. you, you know, I I'm not sort of holding out any <laughs> sort of old hopes the, you the flame is not wife, really though, still burning uh, just I, in case but, i should um... yeah well it's weird the percentages thing it reminds me of um when i used to do internet dating there's a certain website that would send you your list of ideal matches oh yeah and it had a weird glitch and it only sent my own back to me <laughs> which was clearly a mistake i mean clearly it was a technical no i error. love this <laughs> i sent my own back to me <laughs> but it still it only calculated i was a 73 <laughs> percent match <laughs> well, that is fantastic. So your perfect date is you. But Well, uh, no, Kate's even better, no, right? No, you're right. She's 88, 88, which is yeah. better than 73. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to have been so helpful. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> thank for talking you. to me. Thank you, Margaret. Rosie will be. Crushed by Margaret Caborn Smith was hosted by Margaret Caborn Smith and produced by Sophie Black. Thanks to everyone at the amazing TVC Soho. And if you enjoy the podcast, please remember to like and subscribe as it helps people find where we are. 